Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sam and Chance. I'm your host Bobby Sampson, joined with my man Mr. Chance Michael, and right below us we have the one and only Kat Von Hees, one of the premier lady re lady wrestling performers that we have in the country today. Guys, her story is amazing. You do not want to miss this, so sit back, strap in, and most importantly, thank you for letting us into your ears. Sam and Chance out. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to a very very part of me. Welcome back to a very special episode of Sap and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Unfortunately, Chance was busy, Canada long weekend, family, family, what are you gonna do? But you know what? I'm here, and guess who I got with me? I got one of the premier ladies in Canadian professional wrestling today. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you our guest today, Kat Vaughn. He's Kat. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Fantastic, Kat. First off, thank you for for reaching out, and uh, you know, I I I took a shot in the dark and just posted something, and and uh, you, you came, and and thank you so much, and uh, I I really feel privileged and honored to have you on the show as a female competitor, and you know, it, it's going to be really cool to kind of pick your brain about the female side of things. You know, we always mm -hmm. hear about the guys, we always hear about what's happening on that side, and. Uh, I'll say this much. I don't know if you caught it last night. Money in the bank. The girls were amazing. I mean, what they're putting their bodies through these days compared to, oh, my God, 15 years ago. I mean, I, we don't even have to go that far back. No. Your, your, your thoughts on on. I didn't get to watch it. I'm going to watch it hopefully either today or tomorrow. Um but yeah, like, I mean, I saw clips and stuff and it's like, I was just like, oh, like, you know, you, and not that I've taken, like, I've taken, I swear I should say, I have taken bumps similar to some of those, but I mean, just watching it, you can kind of go, oh, like that. I remember that time that I felt like that. I can only imagine what this feels like. And uh, it's just, yeah, the evolution is crazy. I remember my first time at the CACs, I ran into um, a lady from back in the day. Her name was Beverly Shade. And she watched my match at the CACs and she like came up to me. She patted me on the shoulders like, honey, back in my day, we would have done nothing that you guys did in there today, you know? And it's just a perspective because we really didn't, none of us really had worked together. There was like, I believe 10 of us in the match. So we didn't have a lot of time and mm -hmm. we really all just did one move each. Right. Um, and it was all fairly basic stuff like head scissors and, and just a suplex and nothing, literally nothing crazy. So when someone comes up to you from, you know, that era and says, hey, like what you guys did in there was nuts. You're like, oh, wow, like that's that's peanuts now. And then you watch what the girls in like WrestleMania, like our uh, pay-per-views are doing and like they're really breaking some barriers for women's wrestling. And it hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can only imagine uh, just just to kind of, you know, add to that a little bit. I was watching it with my little girl yesterday and she's a big wrestling fan. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't have much to to kind of mold her with. I have wrestling, boxing. She's got her mother's music, her looks, and everything else. So God bless for that. I'm lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was asking me last night when she was watching, like, "Oh, is it does this hurt?" And I'm like, you know what? This these do hurt. Hey, everybody. We are joined by Chance Michaels. Joy Chance. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, man. Pretty good, man. We just kind of got started here, so we're just flowing with the show here. 
Um, we we are just talking about the women's evolution in a way, and we're just kind of get into it here now. So, Kat, uh, right off the bat, uh, I, like I said, I've been researching you, and I've been talking, you know, like watching some of your your matches and stuff, and um, your entry into the business is very interesting. Um, it, it was kind of a challenge for you, you know, to your path to wrestling. Would you would you share with us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, like I was, I mean, like when it comes to just getting into like any sort of combat sport to start, like actually talked about this with someone at work today. Um, you know, a lot of kids want the opportunity to be active. Their parents really don't like my parents are not athletes. Mm -hmm. And so again, really don't have that emphasis around making sure that your kid is going into sports or some parents can't afford to put their kids into sports. So in high school, like I would try out for all these teams or even in junior high and I would never make the cut. And the teachers really never like they're like better luck, better luck next year, kid. Like there was never any opportunity to be active. And I kept trying and, you know, you're just doing gym class. And then in grade 10, I believe it was uh, an out of school program that had come to the school. So it was after hours. And I was like, oh, cool, like a wrestling poster. That's a big girl sport. I can do that. You know, and I went there and, you know, you feel a little out of place because there was a lot of people that had already been doing it, mm -hmm. but he didn't kind of shun me. And it was like, I came in, I worked my butt off. I failed at things, but I came back the next time. And again, he just let me come in and train. And, um, but anytime I did something that was unexpected for a girl, my size, he was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, look what she can do. And, um, I was too heavy for a weight class. And so this is usually where, again, I felt in the past other coaches and other teachers or supervisors would be like, listen, like you can't compete yet, um, but, you know, come back next year. And they would kind of just like give up on you. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, I talked to the board. This is what they want from you. If you can do that before the next competitions, you have two weeks, um, they'll let you compete. Here's what you have to do. Here's what you need to do. And, and I'm giving you the tools to do that. Uh, it's all up to you now. So if you don't want to do it, it's balls in your court. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm not to say that that wasn't challenging. It was, I had to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. You lost 22. Yeah. So it was, um, I mean, flip side, I mean, and, and we all know, I feel like a lot of people know through like combat sports, especially like amateur wrestling and um, MMA, there's a lot of weight cutting. So it can encourage like um, eating disorders, which in my case, it definitely did. Because right. I was like the first time I'd ever lost weight, especially to that magnitude in my, and I was feeling really good about it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like that's when like I started competing and realizing like, wow, like if given the right tools, like I can do this, like this is something I can do. And I already watched wrestling growing up with my babysitter and I always looked up to China and, um, and like other girls, but uh, that was when I started feeling like more like I could do this, but then finding schools was really challenging. Right. So um I, I looked around, obviously there's Landstorm school came up and a couple in, in Ontario had come up, but I'm still young, still trying to figure out, like my parents are definitely not going to be supportive of me going to another like province. Mm -hmm. um, so I joined up with a local company uh, by the name of CWE and I kept trying to get my foot in the door there, like no luck, no luck, no luck. And eventually um, Wavell Star was running a show out in uh, Saskatchewan. And he needed girls. He reached out to Danny Duggan and he reached out to me and said, Hey, like, do you want an opportunity to be on a show? And then, like, at this point, I'm like, all I have is my amateur wrestling background. Like I don't have any formal training. 
but I knew like if I said no, this might not, this might be the opportunity where like I like pass it up. Mm-hmm. So I go and I end up being like main event on that show um, in a tag match and uh, things went really well. And then when CWE opened a school, I trained under uh, Mentolo um, and a couple of the other guys locally helped out, but it was mainly Mentolo and there was Tyler Colton was training there at the time and um, a couple of other guys. But yeah, so after that, I mean, it was like just trying to make the connections and, and move around as much as you could. And um, again, uh, moving out to Alberta with uh, where I was offered the chance to train with um, MPW and it was the CNWA at the time with Vance Nevada, like Vance Nevada found me in Winnipeg and uh, really gave me the opportunity to come out here and uh, grow my network and taught me a lot about the inner workings of the business. So I credit him for a lot of like my success and how many matches I've had and like the, the network I've built myself. Big shout out to Vance Nevada. Um, I mean, Chance, you, I mean, the, the man's helped us tremendously. Great show, great guy, great yeah. author, great worker, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Super good this... guy. One of, the, one of the very good guys in the business. Absolutely. Yeah. True renaissance man, that Vance Nevada. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but Kat, <laughs> yeah. here's something. I, I'd like to take a couple steps back here because we, we talked about it. You, you lost 22 pounds. We got to let the people know you went into that competition and won the silver medal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did right? that competition on the silver. So and I don't want anyone to forget that hard work pays off, guys. It may not be exactly what you want, but here's an example. You persevered and, and you you challenged yourself and you won. So, yeah. you know, that that's beautiful. But um, yeah, so you you know, you 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 were trained. Um I, I have a lot of notes here, part of me. You were trained that's- by uh Sean Dunster, Phil LaFon, and uh Kenya Levine. How, how was that? How did you find those guys to, to train? Well, that was my secondary training. So Mentolo was my first trainer for like the six. Yeah. So the six months. And, um, then when the school closed down due to like a gym relocation and such, uh, that's when I had met Vance pretty close to the tail end of that. And he gave, I went to the Northern tour. Um, and that was, I feel like kind of like my test to see how I was going to do. And the vet on that tour was the mauler. Right. And uh, I think I got a good report card. I mean, I'm still here. So obviously got a decent report card. And um, there was an opportunity to come out here. And I came out uh, for a tour. And I went to the MPW training school. Um, and I, at the time, really liked the environment more so than, um, like, I just, and I felt like there was more opportunity. There was more girls here in Manitoba. We've, I mean, like, to this day, there really hasn't been a lot of females that have come out of Manitoba. So, uh, yeah, we, I stayed there for goodness. I think I left in 2015. So like probably about three years I trained there. And, um, I mean, when Phil would come around, especially, it was awesome. It was just like a learning tree that you like can't help, but want to be under that tree. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he really didn't want to train a lot of people. Like he, he felt like he likes to have smaller intimate classes Sure. Where he can really like watch what you're doing and pick pick it apart and then teach like um, more intricate things because his he's very excited about wrestling. Like once he kind of gets going, he gets really on it. And um, yeah, it's it's unreal. Like I've I've had probably like a handful of like one on one training sessions with Phil Lafon because some people didn't come, which to me was just insane. Um, so he's like, I don't really like doing one on one because I don't get to watch what you're doing and and correctly, I just get to feel it, but, uh, it was a really cool time. And then we had, um, a seminar with Les Thatcher there and, uh, 
we were oh. training with a guy from he used to play for the Colts and BC Lions. His name was Nick Hanna. Mm-hmm. So we had an NFL guy there that was training for a WWE tryout. And he was like an eye opener. Like it's just like you see the difference between like professional athletes and people that are just like trying to go, get through a workout. Mm-hmm. Like unreal like he was able to like his vertical was like six foot something like it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my wow. life and it was so easy he's like yeah let's up, you know just do this and and everything just came naturally to him but I think what you know having him around for the the few months that he was there um during that time he was like constantly taking notes like he had a notebook all the time and I remember we had asked him I said hey like like you're constantly always taking notes like around like other guys, like you're not, you know, the coach is off to the side talking to somebody else and you're kind of writing notes down. And he's like, you never know if that's going to be you. Like there could be a time where like I'm making that same mistake. And now I have something to keep reminding me like, okay, like you're like, don't do this and don't do that. Like, this is why. And so it was a big like learning experience where like, just because you're not being taught directly, uh, and someone else is being taught, like you can still learn from somebody else's either critiques or, or whatever. You should always kind of keep your eyes and ears open, even right. if it, you don't think it pertains to you, it probably will at some point. Right. Right. Um, before wrestling, before all of it, you were a vocalist, a very accomplished vocalist as well. I, I, and you, you did some work with the Winnipeg symphony orchestra. Mm-hmm. You performed in Europe. Tell us a little bit about that. I found that really interesting. Cause I mean, because uh, from what I understand, from what I've read, I in my research, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, just like not being able to get into sports and things like that before you saw the wrestling posters and stuff, you kind of really honed in on your vocal skills and and were able to perform at di- various different places. Tell us about that. Um, well, I was like, I feel like I was one of those people that was like naturally gifted with an ear, mm-hmm. um, which usually means I can hear something and learn it and um and I can harmonize pretty quickly so I can Mm -hmm. just someone else could be singing and I could come up with you know one to two harmonies on the fly nice Uh, I was never one to read music again my parents were um and it's it's not because they didn't want to but again like putting your kid in like every every lesson you can like you can like it gets expensive especially when you don't know if your kid's actually going to stick it out and and do it but um, I'd always sing at people's weddings. Like I can't tell you how many times I sang my heart will go on at people's weddings. Like oh. <laughs> I think I think six times. That was like the first big song I learned. Um and yeah, like the the like, the thing started coming like in high in junior high that like we didn't have like um music specifically. We had band, but there was no vocals. So I took drama. Right. And uh I had to try out for a choir that was known in the community. So I made that and we did a lot of cool things. We went to camps, we had choreographers that would come in and we do dances and stuff like that. And then when I got to high school, and this is what I tell people a lot about, like, you know, sometimes you think you're greater than you are. And it's, it's always nice to be humbled. Um, I mean, of course, it doesn't always feel good to be humbled the first time you get put in your place, but um, it really helped me grow into a better, more rounded, well-rounded person. Everybody has to be humbled once in their life. I agree. Yeah. So I got to high school and um, I had tried out for a group called Prodigy, which mm-hmm. was pretty renowned. And I was like, oh, I'm a shoe in because, you know, everybody tells you, hey, you're great. You're doing awesome. Like your 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 voice is amazing. Right. And that's all you hear. Right? You don't hear any negative. Um, so when I got there, 
I was like pretty confident, like going into this, I was like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And like, I didn't, and I was so confused. I was like, what do you mean? I didn't make it. Like, I'm like one of the best people. And, um, then I got into choir and, um, Mr. Zalis, I still talk to him to this day. He's a huge influence on my life and he's made a huge difference, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of people's lives. Um, he's like, again, he's a rough and tough guy. So a lot of people I find take, take what he says the wrong way, but he definitely comes from a place of like wanting to help you grow into a better person and he's real. Be more skilled. He's real. Um, yes. so when I got there, I remember we were doing like, we were singing happy birthday or something like that to like figure out where we were in in, like our sections. Mm -hmm. And like, he pointed at like me and I thought it wasn't me. So like everybody kind of parted. And then I was like, Oh, it's, Oh, he's pointing me out. So he, he brings me up to the front and he's like, sing this note. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like I've never sang that in my life. And uh, he's like, Oh, you can do it. And so like he hit the note and it was just air and like nothing coming out and he's like try it again does it air and i'm like can you play the scale like the whole thing so i i thought maybe if i heard the whole thing i could get it don't get it and he's like well you know you know maybe this isn't you know for you right now you know maybe uh like there's other things and i was like oh like i can't like i can't not be able to do this like i i felt so on the spot and the bell was ringing everyone's leaving and then i just i don't know what happened but he played the scale again and then like this huge like belting like I'm a belter so it just came out and it was super loud I had like zero control but it was super loud and it hit the note he's like oh good soprano one and I was like okay there you go um yeah and then after that I mean like he never really um not so much that he didn't give me a compliment he like his compliment was like including me in projects and I, and it took a while to realize that but um, we would do projects in and out of school. So we did things like um, like opening for the universities and we would do things um, like with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and he would handpick people to do those things. And um, so like, I mean, we did, he wrote something for the opening of the Pieces Justice Center at the University of Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And he used the Holocaust as a um, like inspiration to write the piece. Sure. And it got a lot of really good reception. Um, it was a very emotional piece. And it's, um, a, it's, you know, it's hard for kids at that age to kind of understand. Like, you hear it in history, but um, it's really hard for people to kind of connect to, like, like, how that felt. And he was really good at putting that into music. So through the next six years of my life, th- both three years in high school as well as three years after, um, he had continued working on that project. It was called the I Believe Project. Oh, wow. So I got to be in it from the start to like, not so much the end. He did actually do more with it later on, but he, um, he wrote 12 pieces of music, full orchestral scores, vocals, um, six part harmonies, um, solos. He had a quartet of vocalists come in from Austria. Wow. Um, it Sounds was like, like the a Canadian Yanni. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um, we had Holocaust survivors at the show. Um, sitting in the front rows and we had to we we, you know we met with them we had like talks and speeches and so that project was a huge chunk of my life and like learning a lot about you know other people's experiences and then we got to do like shows at the MTS Center which is now the Canada Life Center in Manitoba Mm -hmm. and we were selected to be the uh, live um, live soundtrack for the first Lord of the Rings music uh, movie 
Okay. So we got to sing the whole whole or like whole score from beginning of the movie to the finish of the credits. Well, entire like like half the bowl of um, the MTS Center was full of people watching the movie. That's awesome. Um, yeah, super cool. I decided to wear heels when no one was going to see me. So that was a dumb decision on my part, but uh, lesson learned there. Um, and then we got to do um, like two Queen tribute shows as well. Oh. And so uh, there was a, a group called Jeans and Classics that kind of hires local um, uh, choirs and stuff like that to do these projects. And, and so they take a classic rock band and they pair it with a symphony to get younger crowds to come out to the symphony and the orchestras. Because, again, it's like a lot of people from my generation and, mm-hmm. and you know, younger stop going because they don't really yeah. appreciate classical um, so having, you know, like an Eagles tribute or a Beatles tribute and Queen is huge. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And um, like, that was th- probably the most fun I've ever had on a stage when it comes to performing. And he actually turned it down. And we were so disappointed. Like we were like, like begging him to do it. And I remember it was like November 9th, he comes into the, to our room and he's like, okay, we're going to do it. And the show was the 24th of November. And I'm like, that's not a lot of time to learn like six to seven queen, like pieces. Yeah. You know? And so we were rehearsing Saturday, Sundays, like after schools, like almost as much as we can. And, um, and we didn't get to meet the band and the orchestra until like the day before the show. Right. Um, And it was again, just being in a professional setting, but unreal learning experience like meeting like professional musicians and you see how the union works with the like all those things and you start to see like what goes into all these things so you have a bigger appreciation for how hard like just the people that aren't even performing like the people in the back that are setting up the stage that are doing the lighting and everything and it's so much work Mm -hmm. um but a really cool experience and it was definitely my first love it still is a love um and I luckily, you know, later in life was able to get into a few bands. So I was in like two to three top forties bands, or um, I did like a Calypso band for a while. Ooh. Yeah. Not normally my thing, but um, my best friend growing up was uh, her family was from Trinidad. So I listened to a lot of soca music and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And cool. uh, so I do love the music, but I definitely, my vocals are not like, I don't have that sing songy um, vocal. I'm definitely more, uh, Janis Joplin, I guess. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> um, last night, um, completely off topic. I, I only I'm remembering this uh, trance last night um, in the Savannah Marshall fight in London, uh, a boxing match. The American girl that was fighting her uh, in Manchester, she actually sang the national anthem herself. So she's standing yeah, there. Yeah, she's standing there, fully like you know, tank top, shorts, gloves on, ready to knock. See the Vaseline gustling. But there she is, <laughs> singing the national anthem. I think that was the first time I've ever seen that ever, like the actual combatants performing the anthem. That was really cool. It's happened a few times in like the low indie circuits, but not yeah, yeah, not on any stage. Have you ever performed yeah. a national anthem at a show before? No, like I think I've always expected people to kind of like ask me. But the thing was, I feel like once I got into wrestling, a lot of people really didn't know that I sang. Okay. Um, so as a I... character, though, are you a heel or are you a face or are you undecided? <laughs> like I'm I guess I'm both but I do I feel like with my size like if I'm going into a new territory it's much more convincing uh that I like that I can take care of business um kind of cool just an idea sing the national anthem and then hit the person with the chair 
yeah you're right yeah i've always wanted to actually sing my entrance like my that's what i asked you that sing your theme song yeah like my my best friend um he's one of my best friends he's uh we met in a band program and Mm. he's a music producer now so he's actually written my most recent ring uh entrance music but there's no vocals to it yet so i was thinking about working with him to like write a song that goes with it or kind of maybe tweak it a little bit um Good. And then I, ha- I have a local band too that I can always get to play it if we ever do like a big show. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to do it every single time. I would just want to save it for something where people are like not expecting it and uh, give them like a, you know an extra piece of something okay. um, where they're like it's not even advertised that it's going to happen. But yeah, I think I'd like to do that. But I just early in my career when I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to sing the national anthem or whatever. Um, I never really put it out there for people. And I think that's why, like, I kind of expect people to like find out and then ask me, but uh, it would be cool to do. Um, just hasn't, hasn't come up yet. Is there anywhere we can hear you sing on YouTube or some of these bands you've been in where people, our audience can listen to you sing? Um, I, I do post the odd video on my Instagram and Facebook. So like, I, I, yeah. So like, I don't always like to do it. Cause I feel like some people are like, well, she's a wrestler. Why is she posting music videos? Um, why not? yeah i just i feel like some I, I think that's my brain like that's like post more wrestling than you do music but um i get requests and uh stuff every so often so people are like why aren't you putting any music out there we want to hear you so i'll perform a little bit um i didn't get a lot of my band footage uh and the, the band footage i had was like like just the worst view and it was right by the speaker so unfortunately it doesn't sound the greatest but i am working with like uh, my dad has more footage from that he got from a guy, so he's working at kind of piecing it apart, so it's not the whole show. Um, and hopefully, I can release some of that uh, in the future. And um, but for for a time, I like I still have the vocal cord injury, so um, I have what they call vocal nodules, so they're calluses on my vocal cords. Right. Um, only as of recently have I been able to actually sing something and not lose my voice. Okay. Okay. Um, and it, it just happened cause I was in my lap, the band that I'm in presently, uh, we kind of took like, they, we took a gig before the band was fully formed. Sure. So we were like rehearsing like two, three, four times a week leading up to the show, like getting closer to the show. And, uh, just cause we wanted to be ready. We were, ch- we were timing our sets to make sure that we were going to get to the 60 minute sets and having to add songs like, okay, we need another three minutes or whatever. And, uh, you know, every time the band would kind of have a hiccup, I would stop singing, but keeps, and then I would sing it again. So I was like singing like every day and then rehearsing at home. And then I was wrestling more, um, ever since COVID, you know, has ended, like my schedule with wrestling has been a lot more aggressive than when I was in my last band. Well, just looking at your schedule again, like I said, when I do my research, I do it. Um, 2022 was your busiest year. I think you competed over 350 times that year alone. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I had so much, so much going on. Like, you know, and we had two matches a night sometimes. And so like my voice was like, I was screaming and like, it's hard. It is almost impossible to, to wrestle with like, and not scream. Like I, didn't realize that until I was trying not to scream. Uh, and it just ruined the show for me. Like it, it actually, like I could tell the crowd was like not engaged as much. Yeah. I was like, but I need to save my voice. But then I told that, like I told him, I said, honestly, if I can't sing right now anyways, and I'm going to lose my voice, I might as well just until we figure this out, I might as well just not 
sacrifice my my performance in wrestling as well. Right. So I just started doing that. I was going to voice therapy. So it's gotten better. I don't know if I will ever get my full range back, but I still have like a pretty decent range now. Um, And I have exercises and things that I can do to warm up and to like massage my vocal cords a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm, I'm smarter about like, you know, if I tell my band, Hey, like I have a lot of shows coming up this week. I don't think I should come to rehearsal Right. Maybe work on the band arrangements and then next time you have a rehearsal, like then I can come in and just we can just do the songs. Sure. Um, and as long as I don't suck that day, like we can run through it and it's quick and I don't have to sing the song, you know, ten times right before we get it right. So yeah, I'll be posting I think a few more. I I recorded a couple more songs um yesterday before the show. Sweet. And I'm but just these like covers. These are just covers. Um I like actually got asked to write some originals. My like, I, I met with my band uh, or my choir teacher um, a few months ago, and and this is you know full circle. Seventeen years later, so I graduated high school seventeen years ago, and it's seventeen years later. And I met him up. I, I reached out to his son to get in touch with him because he had we had lost contact, and we went to a Tim Hortons, and he's like, "You look the exact same as you did in high school. Like I, I can see you from like outside the building." Uh-huh. And. Uh, you know, I, you know, we talked wrestling, but then we started talking about music again. And I was like, yeah, like I've been doing this. So I showed him a video of me like um, singing Chandelier from Sia. Mm-hmm. And he was like 30 seconds in. He's like, you're so much more like, like, well, this was like where like probably the second time I've ever heard him give me like a straight up compliment. Right. And he's like, you're phenomenal. Like you should do originals. You should be a singer. And um, it was really cool to hear that from because it means a lot coming from him. Because I mean, first off, he's done so much music. Like that man's won so many awards. Um, he's done a lot for for people musically, and and a lot of his um, students have either become music production uh, people or have done bands and have been quite successful. They become music teachers, mm-hmm. or like me, didn't go into like music, but like it taught me to grow. Um, as a vocalist and start like working on skills and stuff like right. that and you can always get better so and then hopefully with this band uh, we're getting back together so we'll hopefully have some gigs in the next little bit I'm gonna actually try to like record them because apparently I'm like people like I have had people from like wrestling come see me perform in a band um, and they're like it's a complete like contrast it's it's Boy, so absolutely. you would never it's like my fans are like I didn't even know that you could do any of those things and like i look so different i'm so happy and like um so, jumpy and dancey and yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. like and i'm not like that in the ring like i'm Fair just enough. like i punch you in the face and i just stay absolutely so that, that kind of leads me to the next question here i saw you perform i was privileged enough to get to see you perform live that was the first time i saw you i didn't know who you were at the time to be fair you were fighting one Rhea von slasher Yes. Um, yes. This was at the Stampede reunion or the Stampede tribute show. Yeah. Um, so my question to you, and I've wanted to ask you, Rhea or Christine, and I've had the privilege of meeting all three of you at different times, but mm-hmm. I always forget to ask those two. So I'm going to ask you straight up, what is the Vaughn part of all your names? Is Is it something... <laughs> Is it something different? Are you guys looking to form a faction? Or, or what, what? What's the Vaughn? So Rhea, like, Vaughn Slasher. Yeah, yeah Rhea, uh, I don't know. Because I know Rhea um, at one point was Pyro right. back in the day. 
Right. Um, so I don't know where she got hers from. I, so my, my <laughs> name backstory. Um, so I never picked my name. Okay. Yeah. I was given my name. Well, I attempted to later on. Yes. Yeah, so I, well, I later tried to change it. That didn't, I wasn't overly successful with changing it. Okay. Um, so again, like I said, I was asked to come do a show sure. where, I, where I wasn't formally trained. Right. Which I don't agree with, by the way, don't do that. People, um, <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I had an amateur background. Um, I had watched wrestling long enough and I was like, okay, like I feel like, again, if I, if I didn't feel like it was my only foot in the door, I probably would have done things differently. But um, yeah, like the story goes, it's Wavel Star actually gave me my name. And he had like, he had seen two people um, either on social or on a newspaper and he kind of merged their names okay uh to make Kat Von Hees so he had like Kathy Cougar versus Kat Von Hees but he didn't know who Kat Von Hees was gonna be right because there was not a lot of girls especially back then and so he's like well let's put this name on the poster and we can always you know card subject to change kind of idea um and that's where like when I got to the show he's like hey like you don't have a name yet are you cool with Kat Von Hees and I was like sure I don't have one so like, let's just go with it and uh yeah, I stuck with it for the next couple of shows. And when I did my first Northern tour, which was like, I guess my first technical match after tr- like training, right? Um, I had tried to change it to Synergy Storm. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to kind of be this like evil, like altered, like, I mean, alternate dimension type of like Storm from X-Men. I got so it. I was going to have that's like, what I was right? Thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. But then um i did the tour of synergy storm tony could never say synergy storm he kept calling me surgery storm oh. um for the whole thing his italian accent like got the best of them there um and then i got back cw was like very sold on the cat von he's thing so i actually had to go back to the same town two weeks later and they called me cat von he's and that's where the fans are like weren't you just here as soon as i was like no that was my twin sister um yeah well we don't get along yeah the whole thing and then i i was kind of like i really wanted to change it because i felt like i identified more but you know like vance really kind of said well you know there's a lot of storms like there's like there's tony storm there's like lance storm and there's right. not a lot of Von. there's like there's no von Heeses, right so your name will always kind of like stick out right you know and there's like you know von eries and it's like you said one. von slashers and stuff and von slasher faction was a is was a thing as well so um i don't know why we pick it but like when you think von it's like i am german as well right um but and there's a lot of bonds in um german history too so it yeah, does yeah. fit the german powerhouse gimmick yeah um well the real thing yeah. came from rigor like fairy with mm-hmm. rigor von slasher cremated von slasher re von slasher. yeah yeah he added that to them, their faction. Yeah. So, I so don't the, know why we pick it. But so there's did. no, so you guys had nothing to do with picking and you guys all just all became Vaughn's separately in your yeah, own. Yeah, it ways. would be okay. cool if we were all just okay. one big faction across I Canada. I would like... love to see that. I think I've given you a couple <laughs> ideas, a chair shot after the national anthem and the reunion of the Vaughn's. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That would be awesome. Uh, moving on though, um, let's talk about Wrestling Academy and Jacques sure. Rougeau. Uh, this yes. is the thing that you're currently kind of gearing up for. Um, yeah. I, you know, enlighten us. Tell us what what's it about. What's it like? I know Casey Spinelli's in there as well, and you know a few of the girls uh, that we've seen around, and some of the guys. But uh, 
Cody Rhodes is involved in this in some way as well with the Nightmare Factory. And yes. uh, $10,000 is on the line for three lucky lucky uh, combat combat athletes here. So tell us about it. Yeah, so like, I mean, we, um, I mean, I heard of it through um, one of the promoters that I work for uh, from BEW. And I mean, I'd heard of the competition like from the year before, but it was like it's new, it's first year. Yeah. So we, nobody really had a lot of information, but it was relatively successful. So it has a lot more steam coming in this year. Um, but it's it's a really big opportunity for Canadians because as Canadians, we don't get um, the same exposure. It's harder for us to travel places. Um, and I mean, it's hard to get work visas and stuff like that to go to bigger companies and stay in other countries especially the United States where there is more option like opportunities to wrestle. Um, so yeah, like we had to put in an auditioned video. So you film a promo um, and you do like a highlight reel and you submit that in and both Jacques Rougeau, QT Marshall um, look at it. And then they kind of handpicked people from, they picked 10 women and I think they picked uh, 20, I think 22 or 32 men, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, and then so you have the quarterfinals, you get put in a match, and it's such a it's such a a weird thing, like it's such an odd event to be a part of because it's like you go to a normal show and you go and you do your match, and like wow, it was a good match, like congratulations, shake your hands, whatever, move on. But with this one, it's like you have this match, and then there's still that like moment after where like you don't know if you're going to be moving forward. There's actually consequences to like things that you've done in the ring like Mm -hmm. did you get your character over did you get heat did you get over did you execute your moves like do you have like like the it factor like do you have the charisma like there's so many factors um and it's kind of like being like on a reality show right where people get eliminated so your first we have the quarterfinals so you have your first match there and um the you do the match there's the commentary they kind of give their opinion on like which way they want to do this and then afterwards uh qt marshall or in my situation it was uh, raymond rougeau who Mm. was the judge for that one Mm. uh comes up on this big screen and uh you know he kind of gives you a quick synopsis of how the match went and what he thought and then they pick who out of those people are moving to the next round Mm. and then the other ones are eliminated um so it's just such a different and unique experience all around um kind of like uh tough enough meets american idol or, or basically in, in yeah way, yeah yeah basically you have to like really grab people's attention and right. it's a really cool venue the club soda in montreal and mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of sponsors and stuff like that there's 400 people it's a sold out venue so um it's it's really cool like the atmosphere is really cool um you come off the stage you go right into the ring um yeah it was a really cool experience and like working with Jacques on this and and like a lot of the other guys like um uh Jeremy Prophet and stuff it's it's been like a really cool experience right. um mm-hmm. so now we have the semifinals so both me and Bobby are moved on to the next round Sweet. and that's August 20th yeah and so I am officially wrestling Relentless Riley Rose so she is an up and comer yeah, she is very young. She's seventeen. I've had the pleasure of working her several times, including last night mm-hmm. throughout the years, um, or throughout the last year or so. And um, I mean, 
it's one of those things where like I consider her um someone I really want to see succeed in this business. I get it. But I mean, but it's one of those things too. It's a competition. Like you yeah, want to yeah. be proven. Like I want to feel as a vet that like, okay, like I, I have it. Like, you know, I wanted people to see, like I've had it this whole time. And yeah. Um. now, I mean, like, I mean, it's, you know, 11, 11 and a half years into my career. So I just want to feel validated. Absolutely. So I really am going into this with a competition mindset, but at the same mm-hmm. time, making my competition, look good is the same as making myself look good awesome. so we want to yeah so i mean you know i've competed in strongman and there's a big belief system and i want to beat somebody when they're at their best um to, to prove that i'm actually better in right. that moment right. there's no point in beating somebody when um they aren't able to showcase what they can do mm-hmm. and you're just uh taking advantage of a situation like that Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to make sure that like she gets the opportunity to shine, but I'm going to make sure that um, I play it all out there and people get to see like the variety of like flexibility, strength, speed and agility that I'm capable of. So I'm going into there with a heavily competitive um, mindset mm-hmm. like I've done with every sport. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a cool experience. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but I mean, like to win $10,000 and like the potential to train for three months today, Nightmare factory with T.T. Marshall, Cody Rhodes, Billy Gunn. Uh, there's a lot of people that have come out of that school right. and done some amazing things and hopefully just open a door for myself and um, the Canadians in general. So it's a really cool competition to be a part of. It's really exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's emotional. Like when Bob, Bobby got like put through I just remember like watching in the back and like I didn't think I was gonna get emotional but I got emotional like I right. just felt like so overcome with like oh thank god like I feel just, like you know wanted him to get through so bad and we're talking about Bobby Sharp right yes yeah, so okay. just watching it and like it's you know and there's Sean Moore as well who was his competition and like they both got selected to move forward because their That's match awesome. was just like so good and it was like such like such a technical wrestling match like old school and tell the story and just like and you know, they've, Sean, yeah, sorry, they've had time to work together they've had matches together so i mean actually having... they haven't they've oh, only really? wrestled like, like yeah once wow. or twice before yeah i know it's like we i thought so too and then when we actually look back at match records there isn't a lot of interaction between them Interesting. um yeah we were always always on all the same shows and everything wow yeah there was just never a lot of interaction but it was like i mean you know the person and yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. like i can touching is touching right yeah like i consider sean Moore um a good friend of of mine and right. i respect the man he's very talented his brother alexander prime also someone who is and has always been a like a phenomenal athlete mm-hmm. so it was just like gut-wrenching to just watch like these two guys who are very good at what they do and um you're like there's one. a chance one of them isn't going through yeah. right and right. you're just like like obviously biased and i love my husband and he's phenomenal he's worked his ass off he's so good but then there's that part of you that like you know your husband makes it through and then your friend doesn't and you're just like, oh my God, like it's just so gut wrenching. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it. I'm so happy that both guys get to go through right. and get to show, you know, QT Marshall what they're capable of um, in different settings. Right. So, going cool. into a match, are you guys told the outcome, like who, who's going to go over and whatnot? And so, you guys have to build the match according to that, or are you just given free yeah. reign and then you decide on the fly? 
No, so it, it's uh, you do know before you go in there um, who you, like who's going over, and again that has nothing to do with like the outcome of who moves on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's kind of just like they just kind of pick uh, really neatly. There's a I think a coin toss situation with that, and it's uh, just a unique experience there. But um, yeah, it's it's. I think this just I when when I was there, I was just watching people. You you do things differently than you would do on any other show, sure. right? There's a lot of writing on it, so you like you're really trying to up the ante, and you see people maybe do things they wouldn't normally do, uh, because there's a lot on the line. Like I said, it's a really important opportunity for a lot of people where this gets them noticed. There's a lot of publicity. There's a lot of people watching. And they want to see what you can do. And, you know, other shows you would go on and be like, oh, that was a good match. You know, a couple things, but like, I'm happy with it. But with that one, like the moment the match is done, like a lot of people were feeling like, did I do enough? Did I do that right? Like, oh, I screwed mm-hmm. that up. And like, I feel, you know, you, you're, you're picking it apart. And that's what a lot of athletes do in a lot of these situations. So being on this like kind of reality show, again, with a lot of the line, like $10,000 is a lot of a lot of money for a lot of people like that can buy you like a bunch of cool gear that can get you like to move somewhere else where you can go get training like a nightmare factory and like you can live there make connections and really start to grow your career so mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's a it's a huge opportunity so i'm honored that i was selected to be um a part of it and i'm super excited for the semifinals in august and I can't, I'd be lying to say if I wasn't super nervous and I'm sure Riley is feeling the exact same way. Um, but again, like I'm going to go into that with a competitive mindset of you have to. laying everything I have on the line is, and, and putting it all out there so I can really see if uh, what I, what I had been doing has been, can be appreciated and is, yeah. is seen as um, a, above average. It's your time, Kat. It's your time. Yes. That's what it I told is. her in the. That's what I told her in my promo. It's my time. I'll say it's her time when it's. No, I'll let no, her know when it's her time. She's seventeen. Yeah. She has a long way to go. She, um, she does. I guarantee yeah. the way she wrestles today will be very different how she wrestles in three years from now. Yeah, and she's she's such a hard worker. Um, she's like, to me, the I, it's not even the hard work. It's it's honestly the attitude for me. Like someone who has a really strong, like is, is a good a good person and a good human being like those are the people I want them to be successful. Like even if I never become successful and I never really got to that point, like I'm so happy when good things happen to good people. You know what I mean? There's so often where you see great things happen to people that you just know aren't the greatest human beings and you know, whatever power to them. But like, it's nice and refreshing when you see good if not great things happen to people that deserve those opportunities. Absolutely. And um, yeah, Agreed. so that's, Agreed. that's who I, I really like. She's again, she's young. Yeah. Uh, this competition also has like another girl who's 17. Yeah. Zondra Lee's also 17. She's like, she had her eighth match at the, the quarterfinals. And, you know, when she, um, she's luckily moving on due to uh, someone stepping back. Okay. And so she gets another opportunity to grow and I just told her, I said, you've got so much potential and you've got so much in front of you. Like, just because you're not ready after eight matches, like, man, if I watch my eighth match back, I'm sure it was, it was, uh, it was probably pretty fun. 
Um, it's like that but, in any kind of field that you're yeah. in, right? I mean, look at us. I, I'm sure if you look at number eight compared to 125, like, oh shit, <laughs> what the fuck was that, right? So yeah, awesome. Uh, Kat, we're we know you fought last night. Uh, you came on the losing end, unfortunately. How are you feeling from that though? Oh, you know what? It was uh, it was a good match. I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was really about um, like we had our you. new uh lucha champion she took that from ava lawless um yeah. like the week before so right, right so i mean it's different dynamic like we don't have a lot of female like luchadors here right it's a, a different style so it's yeah um and then you have five girls There's a lot of variables that can go into that yeah um but all around like the fans were really happy with the match i wish we could have done maybe a little bit longer in there um because we got a this is awesome chant near the end of the match which is I mean, what we all like to hear when we when we're wrestling, we like to get those like this is wrestling or like right. something that really those um, heartfelt type of reactions you get from the crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool things. I mean, for me, like I'm obviously probably the furthest thing from a flyer um, in any capacity. Like, I mean, I have t I have jumped off the top, but I'm definitely not a flyer. Um, so when I get to work with luchadors, um, it's really cool. Cause I'm very, very much a base. So we can do some really cool things, uh, together. So I'm really looking forward to, um, wrestling her this coming weekend at MexiFest. Yeah. So we're doing the 7th, 8th, 9th in Calgary. Cool. And so it's like eight and a half hours of wrestling this weekend. Right on. And, uh, so we get to work with her and hopefully get to work with like Scott A. There's like Elemental, and uh ricky marvin there's a whole bunch of guys from mexico there's hetty he's from france also mexican yeah. wrestler yeah um there's just so many guys that you can learn from right on. and uh hopefully i get to do some mixed tags and stuff which would be cool to to really like learn a different side of wrestling that we don't get to do up here very often that's awesome so kat uh again thank you so much for yeah. for joining us um i would love to have you back on maybe after the competition after the 20th yeah love yeah to hopefully have some good on. news i'm yeah, sure so. i'm sure it will be i'm sure it will be we're supporting you is it possible for fans to vote on this or is it all up to the judges right there it's there? all up to the judges basically okay. qt marshall will be i i believe the the final decision once right. the match is okay. over he's watching it remotely through uh, a stream service and sure. so he comes on right after so, okay. um, but I mean, like, we'll, we'll have the matches posted, I believe, four days after the competition okay, on cool. the Loot Academy Wrestling um, website. Awesome. And uh, everybody can watch the show there. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let us keep us posted and, and we want to get that out there for everyone. So we'll, we'll yep. make sure that we have that on all our socials and everything so we can get the word out there. And uh, Kat, I want to say thank you so much for taking time on this long weekend to to make the time to sit down with us and share your story and i hope that people find something inspirational out of this um your journey hasn't been easy but you've persevered and you've overcome a lot of obstacles to sit here with us tonight so that cannot go without mentioning uh any girls out there listening to the show take this take this story man and and make it your own there there is no excuses for anybody we can all achieve what we want we just have to work hard exactly yeah thanks for sharing your story much appreciated yeah thanks for having me awesome cat all right guys uh that that's it we're gonna wrap it up here my name is bobby sampson joined with chance michaels and we have the beautiful talented cat von East. 
Guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend and we will connect soon. Samp and chance and cat out.